Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. So many people in this country, by the way, are waiting for treatment for different things. Actually, I believe there's over a million people waiting for an appointment in this country at the moment. That's the way things are gone. Uh, COVID, of course, has exacerbated that problem as well. Um, and I want to know, by the way, if there's anybody listening, if you've been waiting for treatment. And I'm talking about basic care and you just can't get it at the moment for whatever reason. And uh, the number is 87 188 But joining me on the air is Jodie Maloney. Uh, Jodie, good afternoon to you. Hi. How are you? Now, Jodie, I read your tweets over the weekend and yeah. maybe you should explain it. You'll probably explain it better than I do. But I mean, when did this start for you? Um, it started in about August or September this year. Okay. And, and sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I just noticed that I was having ab- like abnormal pains and swelling around my reproductive area, and I was in a lot of pain, and I knew it wasn't right. So I'm very vigilant of my health as it is. So I was mm. straight on to my GP to get it checked, and she swabbed me for bacterial infections or STIs, anything like that. Yeah. The, the obvious, just to rule out the, the obvious, obvious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, rule out the obvious. Um, and she said she wasn't even going to attempt to open my cervix to check because I was so swelled. She was too afraid to even oh my. go. So then... That must have been very sore then when you're talking about, you know, obviously a vaginal region would have been very swollen. Yeah. That must have been extremely sore. Excruciating pain. Even the tiny little swab that she used caused me so much pain. Mm. Um, so then when those tests came back clear... She referred me to an ultrasound clinic, a private ultrasound clinic, hoping I'd get an appointment quicker through a private clinic and referred me to the outpatient gynecology clinic in the Kilm Hospital. Okay. So then about a week later, I started heavily bleeding and I got really worried. So then my GP referred me to A&E to be seen to and... I got to A&E and they just weren't really bothered listening to me. The nurse kept cutting me off when he was speaking to me. Just kept insisting that I was pregnant. You were when, pregnant? Yeah, when I told him it's not possible that I'm pregnant. Well, you you know your own body and every woman knows yeah. their own body and every woman knows whether she could be pregnant or not. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was left waiting for 12 hours mm-hmm. for then another nurse to call me in and he said... Are you sure it's not your back hole? Oh, my. What, do you think it was constipation or something like that? Yeah, and I said, no, I, was, I know my own anatomy and I'm fully aware of my own body. I know it's not my back hole or anything like it. And they said that they would only offer me an ultrasound if I was going into surgery to get cysts removed. And I asked, how do they know that it's not cysts that need to be removed if I don't get an ultrasound? And he pushed, my, pushed me off. Really well, you just kind of felt like you are being fobbed off constantly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he took a little feel of my tummy and then sent me home with a constipation tablet, even though I no. told him it wasn't constipation. Oh, my God. And I, I, initially, of course, after the first test that you got, when it was detected, obviously, that your cervix and your vaginal reason were swollen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. clearly it wasn't constipation. Yeah. And they took my blood and they said because it wasn't a blood infection, that they couldn't do anything for me and to just wait for the kiln. But I got a letter off the kiln to say that the waiting list exceeds 52 weeks. Right, 52 weeks? Yeah. So you'd be expected to be in that kind of excruciating pain for 52 weeks? For 52 weeks, yeah. Oh my. Jeepers, we so, don't really take women's health very seriously in this country, do we? No, they don't. 
Um, so I've cried to my GP, I've cried to A&E's, I've tried reading the kiln, come get through to them, rang the ultrasound place, willing to pay almost €200 Euro for an ultrasound alone. Not even, like, they Just to go privately, yeah, yeah. This is private, and at this stage they said to me, we only got your referral two and a half weeks ago, I don't know what you expect. I mean, two and a half weeks is even a long time. And if you did a toothache, for example, you'd be into a dentist within a week to get yeah. to try and get it out or get a, you get your filling or whatever you needed. So yeah. why would you be expected to go with that much pain to continue that long? Yeah, and it's gotten worse and the swelling is at the forming into a hard lump now. Oh, no. Which is and how is, that effect, how is that affecting your day-to-day life? It's, my quality of life has been almost diminished completely. It's affecting my work, it's affecting my college, it's affecting... Can you sit down, like, I mean, you're sore when you sit down, even. Yeah, like, I struggle to walk sometimes. Oh, hi. With the pain. So, I heard some feedback from a girl I know who went to Poland to get uh, gynecological care, and I've made an appointment, and the first week in January, I'm going to Poland. And how much is that going to cost you? Um, It's actually cheaper than... It would be for just the ultrasound privately. Now. Right. Okay. 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 So it's not, you know, it's not costing me as much as going private in Ireland. But you know, my but at least you get seen to quicker. Yeah, I'm getting it, seen to it, and they're doing the full checkup, ultrasounds, internal ultrasounds, gynecological checkup, the whole the whole show. Whereas here, I'm going to one place for one thing, one place for another. You know. Yeah, not being community. sent from Billy to Jack. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But is but isn't that a terrible indictment of the healthcare system we have for women when yeah. you can go to Poland, get it done not only quicker but cheaper than yeah. you would privately in your own country? Yeah, and I'm looking like the minute I noticed that something was wrong, the first thing that came into my head was they're going to leave me like Ricky Feeling. Oh, I know, I know. Because I'm looking at, I'm looking. Are at you worried? Like, are you, you you probably are very worried. Are you? I'm very worried. Yeah. Like, the anxiety alone is causing me so much pain. And I'm a young woman. Sorry, Jodie, how old are you? I'm 21. See, and this is the problem with young girls, right? And we spoke to a girl there going back about, oh, two or three years ago who had cervical cancer. And again, she felt at the time that she wasn't really being taken seriously because she was a young girl and it's not something you expect a young girl to get. And we don't expect problems, obviously, in that area for young girls. But yeah. it does happen, and it can happen in rare occasions. And we need to take it seriously, and particularly when it comes to women's health, because with women, obviously, there's a lot more complication going on down there than men. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot more going on, a lot more can go wrong. And we just don't seem to take it seriously. No. If I was a man and I went into any with swollen penis, I'd be seeing this straight away. Probably, yes, me. probably. Like, yeah. and... Or if you had, if you if you felt there was a lump on your testicles or something like that, you'd be oh, brought yeah. in, you'd be brought in for a scan straight away to detect if it was cancerous or something like that. Yeah, whereas because I'm under twenty five and not old enough to get a public smear test, they're just which doesn't. I, and I, I'm certainly not trying to worry you, but it, but we have seen women at your age and uh, you know tw- under the age of twenty five getting cervical cancer, and I'm not suggesting yeah. for a minute that's what's wrong with you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, but no. I'm just saying we have to take all these things seriously because early intervention is always the best cure for all of these type of things. Yeah, that's it. I was on the ball where, with like the minute I noticed something was wrong, but I'm looking at the cervical check scandal, and I just know how negligent the area of gynecological care in Ireland is. Mm-hmm. That I ha- I have to go two and a half, two and a half hour flight outside my home just to be taken a tad bit seriously. 
And no. I mean, and the, you're saying now it's turned into a mass or a lump, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you've described it as now. Initially, yeah. it was just a swelling and very sore, but now it's actually a lump and very sore. And yeah. since it, it's kind of turned into this lump, or you feel this lump now, have you been back to them since and said, "Listen, there's a lump there now. Like this is getting worse. It's not getting better. It's not just going to go away. I don't just have an STI. I don't yeah. just have constipation. It's not going to go away." Yeah, you see, I debated, you know, just showing up at the care whether it's Hyundai or Hollister or any of the maternity hospitals. But I just don't think I have it in me to be left sitting there for hours just to be told it's normal to have period pains. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I have no faith, and I have so much patience and so much understanding for the pressure that healthcare workers are under at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and I know waiting this are going to be long and I so much understanding for that and I have so much patience, but at the same time, my health is the risk Absolutely. That. I mean, don't I mean, I understand they're under pressure at the moment, but that's not an excuse to be negligent either. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. blaming the doctors and nurses for that, I'm blaming the system yeah, same. Uh, yeah. as a whole, you know what I mean, because the system is, is what's at fault here. But it's yeah. shocking that, it, and not even about the money. I mean, okay, it's cheaper in Poland, you're saying, and that's all well and good. Our healthcare system has always been known to be a little bit more expensive. But yeah. it's the fact that you can get seen and get it all done in the one go. In the one place. Whereas here, I have to go one place for an ultrasound, one place for a gynecology. They're not going to be communicating with each other. You know, they're going to be waiting on the results for it then. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know a girl who went to this clinic in Poland and she got diagnosed with endometriosis in, within the hour. Mm-hmm. In Ireland, it takes on average, seven years to be diagnosed with endometriosis. Mm. I, mean, I mean, since you put the, the, I know you put a long thread up there on Twitter, and it's got a huge response. Has anybody else come forward to you saying they had a similar problem? I've had at least a few hundred women DM me telling me about how they were neglected in their reproductive health care, how they were left to travel abroad. Uh, one girl DM'd me and said that she refused to leave the hospital until she was seen to and it took her four days and for blood to start pumping over for them to take Oh the my. Yeah, horror story. And I, I know you don't want to do that because you don't want to put pressure on the individuals no. that work there. You'd rather yeah, no. just be seen to and not yeah. have to put pressure on anybody. That's Yeah, no, that's it. Like, I didn't want to be a force. I didn't want to make their jobs any harder. You know, maybe I was a bit of a pushover. Like, you know, maybe I should have been more stern. But... Like, it's just getting to the stage now where I just have no faith. I can't believe they sent you home with, it, with constipation tablets. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even collect a prescription. I was like, that's a waste no, of my I'm time. No, I'm sure you me. didn't. I'm sure that's just a complete waste of time. But I mean, the point I'm making is considering you'd already been to a doctor and established yeah. that your vagina was swollen, why yeah. would you send somebody home with constipation tablets? Constipation. Are you sure it's not your back hole? Sure ev- everybody knows their own body. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, if somebody says, if I go to a doctor, I know exactly where the pain is. I, you know, and I'm not, like, if I go to pain with my left hand side, the doctor says, I think it's your lung. I know it's not me lung. Yeah. I, it's something over here, doctor. You, we all know our own body. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know when something's wrong and you know when something's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be making such a dire decision to travel to another country if I knew that something really wasn't right. Stay there, stay there just for a second because Mary, you're on Ireland's Classic. It's Adrian Mary. You've been listening to Jodie's story. It's absolutely shocking. The girl is in excruciating pain. She's yeah. clearly got something wrong with her and hopefully something that can be mended fairly quickly and, and she can be helped. But she has to go to Poland just to be seen. Um, yeah, my one is, it's not, well, it's different to that. It was after, I, I'm only recently back from Spain. Well, recently I'm back since April. Um, but mine was, it was after a twin pregnancy. So after the pregnancy, a lot of women would get this. I think mine was just really bad that the your midline muscle um, separated and it's separated by a good eight inches apart. So you end up with a hernia? 
Yeah, but yeah. it was also, you know, your, if you had a six-pack, it's yes. the, the, the muscle down the middle. So it, it separated, but it never went back. So it meant a hernia popped out, but also everything else in the tummy area would pop out. Right, okay. Um, but the, it, it actually ran from, say, the bikini line to under the breastbone. So it was quite big. I'd say it was quite um, sore too, was it? And very sore, yeah, yeah. So over the years. So that was over four years ago. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And... I was trying to repair it. But thing, other things were happening. I would have got back pain because of it. My balance would have started to go. Um, it was just constant pain. And then, over, and I was on the public waiting list for a surgery, but I wasn't a priority. So um, I was waiting. Um, mm-hmm. Then over the years, I developed another hernia and another hernia. Um, and I was still on a waiting list because I wasn't a priority. But we worked out before I left for Spain that I was probably spending about 50 euro a month on painkillers just right. to get through the day. Yeah. Um, and I still wasn't put down for uh, as a priority patient. Um, but I used uh, the cross-border directive. Um, and within a couple of weeks, I was on a plane and I was able to go to Spain and get my surgery done. But again, isn't that bonkers that you have to go to Spain to get something oh, I had seen to? to Spain for two weeks, yeah. yeah. And the people over there as well, there was, I couldn't believe it when I got there in the hotel. There was, I think there was about 10 patients over there, all Irish patients. Um, but and I'm sure, jo- I'm sure Jodie's going to see the same thing when she goes to Poland. She'll probably see oh. Irish girls over in Poland. Irish. But I would have tried to do it privately and it was still working out too expensive because mine was so, mine was fairly major. So I would have like priced it in private mm-hmm. hospitals in Spain and um, yeah. in Poland, not not Spain, sorry, in Poland and places like that. Um, but, but why should I? I don't understand this. I mean, we just clearly don't take women's healthcare very seriously in this country. I no. don't understand why we should even have to consider. You know, this is pretty basic stuff. You know, what I mean, they don't have. They my thing was there, there was no other surgeon in the country to do what I needed done. But it's not that complicated of a procedure, is it? No, well, it wasn't complicated. And I was told over the years that, you know, I I think at one stage he had 900 patients in front of him and I wasn't a priority because it wasn't cancer, it wasn't this. So it's all right, you can struggle away with the pain there as long as you're not going to die on us. You're to your ground. Yeah, once you're still... I was told by the GP, if you really need, you know, know, if it gets that bad, go to A&E. But did you you hear Jodie's story? I mean... There's a girl, I mean, who's actually swelling in pain. Um, Clearly, I mean, she's now said a lump has formed and nobody's going to see her. Nobody wants, nobody has the time for her. The the thing that she can use, if she's on a public waiting list, she can use the cross-border directive and it would be refunded by the HSE. So she would fund the surgery Mm -hmm. if she needed it. um, If she needs surgery, that is, yeah. They haven't even even diagnosed her yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, they, 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 they kind of plumassed her at this stage. They, they sent her home with constipation tablets. I would actually just, I would probably ring this cross-border directive. I would have had great contact with the mm-hmm. hospital, the, the private hospital in Spain that I used um, previous to going with all the consultations. And even afterwards, um, like I found, actually afterwards, if I mm-hmm. tell you a funny story, um, well, not funny, say about two months ago, I developed like a, a lump again. I thought it was a hernia. So I went to my GP to see what it was. She couldn't find out what it was. And I was hoping after the surgery, God, it's not another hernia. 
Um, she said she would refer me to my surgeon, but it would take about six to eight months. <laughs> right. So I came home and I rang the private hospital in Spain and they set up a FaceTime call with me that afternoon with the surgeon, a nurse and a translator. And that was, say, on the Wednesday. And they arranged from Spain that I go for a scan in a clinic in Cork on the Friday and send them the information and it was sorted. <laughs> Jody, are you are you listening to this? The cross border. Uh, so, in other words, that the HSC will refund the money if anything needs to be done, or you need to get diagnosed, uh, diagnosis, or yeah. if you need to get any surgery. Hopefully, you won't. Um, yeah. But that they will, the HSC will refund it. I wasn't completely aware of that, uh, but Mary obviously is, and so yeah. are many other people. Have you have you looked into that, Jody? Yeah, no, I have heard it, and I have looked into it. Yeah. Okay, and do you think that will apply to you? Um. Yeah. No, they do have an option. Like they have. Like, there's, like, two separate options. Like, there's one if, like, you're, like, inpatient in a hospital abroad and then if you're, like, an outpatient day clinic. Yeah. And then they have, like, a list of things that it applies for and there is a section for women's reproductive health. So, hopefully... Hopefully you'll get your money back. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. You shouldn't have to leave the country in the first place to do it. That's the whole point of this. I mean, my my problem, more so with Jodie, is, Mary, that she doesn't even know what's wrong with her yet. She's in excruciating pain. She's bleeding. She's swelling. And nobody seems to want to take her seriously. They're just simply her, sending her home. Yeah, she'd be grand. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, she just needs to. I, I think I would even contact them and see could she get an appointment or consultation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, any of these cross border directors, even the one I used, I can send her on details. Um, mm-hmm. My experience, as much as I hated leaving the country for that amount of time. Um, I was actually desperate, like, so, and I went when in the middle of COVID when there was, like, um, major restrictions in Spain and everything, so, yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but these, the cross-border directors were saying they have, as you said, like, there's actually thousands of people on their list. Yeah, but, um, and of course, during the lockdowns as well, there was an exemption for people who were going over for genuine medical procedures yeah, or anything yeah, like that. exactly. So yeah, there was always yeah. an exemption but, there. Um, if it was something she could get done quick, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone because I wouldn't be waiting. I wouldn't wait anymore, not in Ireland. Yeah, I, I'm looking here. There's so many people, by the way, texting in with similar issues. Somebody says, no, I can't believe in 2021 we're still in this situation where women are basically being ignored and left in pain. Uh, and Jodie, how are you feeling today? Um, today I haven't had a bad flare-up yet, but last night was really bad when I was in work. I literally had to almost go home early from work. So there's me losing more money because I can't work because I'm in so much pain. It's your quality of life. You know yeah, I mean? that's, that's it. Like my day-to-day quality of life. It's not even that I just have like bad periods as they're trying to tell me. You know, it's every single day whether I'm on my period or not. Yeah. And and do you th- do you think um, they had any idea? I mean, I know you said when you went into A and E and they thought sent you home with the constipation tablets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the original doctor that you said you went to, who examined you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, do you think she might have had some idea what was wrong? I mean, did, did she have any idea when she before she referred you? Um, no, like after she tested me for BV and STIs, she didn't give me an inkling of what she thought it could have been. Could have been now. Mm. And I know I'm going to go back to her this week to like tell her about me going to Poland and everything. So yeah. I think we have to say then. Yeah, I'm look. I'm really sorry, and I'm sorry as well, Mary, that you had to go through what yeah. you went through. I mean, 
it's always much more comfortable to get these things done in your in your own home, you know, in yeah. Ireland, you know, and not have to be too far away from your family. That's a whole consideration. I don't know if yeah. you're bringing somebody with. I don't know whether you brought somebody with you, Mary, or whether you're bringing somebody with um, you, Jody. I as well. had to, yeah, no, I had to because I knew it would have been tough afterwards. So I did have mm. to bring a friend with yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's just quite shocking. It is. Just say, actually, both of you stay there for a second because I want to go to Gavin as well. Hang on. Gavin, you're in Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing, Gavin? Oh, hello, you're doing, sir. Gavin, uh, the situation you're in now, I know you have cancer, Gavin, and I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, uh, it is what it is. It, well, it is what it is, I suppose, yeah. But, I mean, your treatment so far, how have you been? Um, well, I, I was. I, I obviously said this on Twitter a few days ago to Mr. Donnelly himself. I said I was one of the lucky ones to actually get a diagnosis of cancer during this whole COVID thing. Yeah. Because all we're actually hearing is COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah, non, non-COVID um, healthcare seems to be non-existent at the moment, to some degree. Yeah. So so what I did text in, in, in relation to, I was told by my own GP back in May that I could be having many strokes due to pressure, constant pressure in the head. Um, mm. And I'm still waiting for a CT scan Eight months, eight months on. Eight months? Eight months on, yep. Oh, my. And so, you've, you've, yeah, you have cancer and you're waiting eight months for a scan. Yeah. I mean, where does the theory go? And every single doctor in the world or oncologist in the world will tell us early diagnosis and early intervention is always the best way forward when it comes to all of these things. Yeah, well, look, unfortunately, if, if, it's, not, if, it's, not, if it's not COVID, it, it, it doesn't exist. That's horrendous, but your life is more valuable than that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I mean, and are you worried? Obviously, clearly. Um, clearly you're worried. I, I, I suppose, see, see this, this, has got, this has sort of dragged on for two years now where I was initially told I could have blood cancer and then, I, then they told me, they ruled it out and then they put me through for, for um, some, some other tests and then they came back and said, yes, you do. And <laughs> so I, I sort of... I sort of came to the realisation that I did even before I was told. Mm-hmm. And how does that, how is it manifesting itself on a day-to-day basis? Oh, Jesus, it's, it's, um, every day I feel myself, I, now I don't know whether it's in my own head, but every day I feel myself getting worse and worse. Why, like, are you tired or what are you, what are you tired? Oh, or? constantly tired, absolutely. Um, my body also doesn't produce or store iron, so I'm, I'm constantly out of breath. I'm, I'm at 42 years of age. If I, if I walk, from say one end of the street to the other, I'm out of breath. Right, okay, that's not good for your quality of life at all. No, you well, look, it is, it is what it is. Any on iron? Any on iron tablets? I can't take it because my body won't produce, I won't store it. Okay, because they say when you're taking iron tablets, you should always take them with vitamins as well to help your body to store it or process it. So they say anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a doctor, by the way. Don't be taking my. I'm not trying to diagnose you. To be taking my word or my uh, my my prescription on this. I'd sooner take your word than somebody else. Well, I mean, well, if you have to wait eight months, I think I'd do a better job, to be honest with you, yeah, at this stage. Uh, I, but I'm, when, I, when I listen to these stories, and I listened to Mary there a few minutes ago, and I listened to the interview that was on there in relation to uh, Zoe having to go away. Oh, sorry. Jody, should I say, I do apologise. Having to go away to Poland. It's quite drastic, isn't it, that you know that we don't actually have proper health care in this country and people have to leave the country to get basic services. Well, I, I really do think it is the two-tier health system that they're trying to push for in this country. What, um, so everybody has private health care? Yes, yes, cause, because I, I actually pushed my own GP 
um, for a referral letter to go private for a CT scan. And she said, okay, yeah, I can do that. It's going to be 60 euro, which I paid for just a referral letter. just so." She and then the scan is, what, about 180, isn't it? Hundred and eighty, depending on now it's one in Santry. Now I haven't actually. I, I to be honest with you, I haven't actually done that myself. Or yeah, but, um, yeah, it's 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 all. Money. Well, that's why I, I got the CT scan a while ago there, and I I went to the one in Smithfield, I think it was, and I, I paid because it, this particular one wasn't covered under my own. I do have private healthcare, but it didn't it didn't cover this particular one or something for some stupid reason, and it was one hundred and eighty quid. Yeah, so yeah. it's dear enough, like. But the only problem is, even even if I do pay for that separately, I it, there's still no guarantee that I'll get to see a neurologist any quicker. No, no, absolutely which, not. Which that's the problem. So you get your results back, and you're still sitting there wondering, or you could be told even worse news, and you're waiting exactly. then to see somebody for another eight months. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Ollie, well, listen, uh, I appreciate you calling, Gavin. It's shocking, absolutely shocking story. Yeah, and no and. All right, you have a good day, and I hope things look up you, for you, and I hope things get a bit a little bit better for you. No worries. Take it easy. See you, see you bye, Gavin. There you go. That's that's absolutely shocking that people are waiting. And, and he's right about you know, non-COVID care at the moment. I mean, look, they've talked about this. I remember looking at a report recently in relation to the UK, and I don't want to bring the C word in COVID into this conversation today because I'm sure I'll sick listen to it at this stage. But uh, there was a report on the amount of cancers that are being missed at the moment and diagnoses of cancers that are being missed. And of course, we're being told time and time again, and we've been lectured on it for the last 30 years, that early diagnosis is always the best cure. In other words, the quicker, if you notice something wrong with your body, the quicker you get diagnosed with cancer the better chance you have of surviving. But sure, that doesn't matter at the moment, does it? Because it's not, it doesn't have the word COVID before it. And he's right. He's right. And he's waiting eight months to get a CT scan for cancer. Eight months. That's absolutely awful. It's, it's dawning on me more and more and more every time I listen to the stories of people saying, you know, they can't get an appointment. It's quite shocking, really, isn't it, when you think about it? We're not living in a third world country and no disrespect to people who do live in third world countries, but we're not living in a third world country. And to think that, you know, there's a woman out there who's in pain, who has to go to Poland. Poland! It's just quite shocking that anybody would have to go to that much trouble just to get an appointment, just to be seen. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.